Happy New Year. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley, and I hope you all have had a really great week, first week of the new year, 2019. The end of a year and the start of a new one are typically a time where people are evaluating the past year and then looking forward to what's to come in in the year that's coming up. On social media, you you see people start to usher out the end of a year and uh, look at at a new year that's coming up. Usually, see it in a couple of extreme ways. Now, if I was to update the world on how my New Year's Eve went, I would have said something like, "Put the kids to bed, fell asleep on the couch while watching TV, got up, went to bed, all before midnight. Happy New Year." That would have been my update, but I didn't update the world with that on social media because that's pretty lame. And so that's not usually what people do. What you usually see is, you know, 2018, you will be missed. If it was a good year, I'm going to miss 2018. Or if it wasn't a particularly good year, you know, it's more like, you know, 2018, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'm done with you. And as people start to look ahead to what's coming, it's 2019 is going to be my year. It doesn't matter how 2018 went. This is my year. I'm going to make it happen. So I have a question for you this morning as we get started. What is your definition of a good year? What would make you say that this year has been the best year ever or that this year coming up is going to be? the best year ever. What's, what is it that excites you about the new year? Or maybe you're not that excited. What is it that you, you have some fear about the new year and what's coming up? The fact of the matter is that our, our definition of a new year is going to have a dramatic impact on our life. The way we define success for what a good year is, we're going to strive to make that happen. In 2019, we're going to set goals towards that. We're going to try to make it the best year that we can make it based on what we think is going to give us a good year. So how do we set our expectations in line with reality? How do we get a good, accurate picture of what's going to come up in 2019? Fortunately, the Bible gives us a lot of help on what we can expect in 2019. And so We're going to take a look at that this morning. We're going to take a look at what Christ followers can expect from this next year. And if you're not a Christ follower, a lot of these expectations are the same for you as they are for those who follow Christ. And you can also get a picture of what it's like to walk with with the Lord Jesus. And you can get a picture of what it's like to be a, a Christ follower. So the first expectation for Christ followers in 2019 is there will be trouble. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm just going to leave that. And uh, you guys have a a good rest of the day. We're starting a new message series next week. Hope you can join us. No, I'm not going to leave it there. That's a pretty rough way to start the message, to start the new year. But the fact of the matter is there's just going to be trouble in our lives And for me, it really helps for me to see the root and the source of of that trouble and where it came from. It helps for me to have that perspective of why I am encountering trouble in life. And the trouble that, that we can see, the source of it, 
starts in the book of Genesis in the Bible. It's the first book of the Bible. And in this book, we see God creates the universe. He creates all that's in it. And he created man and woman, Adam and Eve, and life was just perfect for them. It's really hard to even imagine what a perfect life would be like because we've never experienced that. But he gave them one rule, one rule for Adam and Eve to follow. Do not eat from the tree, the certain tree in the, in the garden. But what did they do? They ate from the tree in the garden. There was consequences that came from that choice. And we see these consequences, some of them, in Genesis three sixteen through 19. It says, To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust. And to dust you shall return. Here we see that when Adam and Eve sinned, which sin is just a, it's a word it means you missed the mark. Of that God has set for life. So when God told them not to eat the fruit and they, they ate of that certain fruit, they missed the mark of what God had said for them to do. The perfect life was no more after that. Trouble entered into the world. And it's not like we can just blame Adam and Eve for what they did and just blame them for it. We've all put our stamp of approval by choosing to go contrary to the way God has wanted us to live. And we see this in the Bible as well. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all chosen to go our own separate way from God. We've all chosen to not hit the mark that he's set for us in this life. And that has brought trouble into the world. I don't know how your 2018 went, but... For our family, it just seemed like one thing after the other was happening. Trouble, one thing after the other. Not huge things, but just enough that just kept happening. It was piling on. We kept thinking, okay, after we get through this, we'll get a little break. And then something else would happen. Here's a a few of the trouble things that, that we faced. I had back surgery in high school, and a couple times this year, I just had debilitating back problems where I was, I was down for the count. Uh, my wife, Gina, has ulcerative colitis. She had a really bad flare-up this fall. My son, Blake, had strep throat three times in a row. Get it? Took the antibiotics. Oh, he's better. Oh, he got it again. Just three times in a row. Our dishwasher broke. It's broken for about a month. It got fixed. That same week, our oven broke. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. Um, kids passed the stomach bug around our house in November. Um, and then 2019, it started out with another round of the stomach bug. We drove back from Texas over uh, on the second or third, I don't know, days are all running together. But we drove back from Texas. We got into the hotel at 1 a.m., and my, my one-year-old started throwing up. We thought we were good for a couple of days, and then last night, we're up all night with a couple of the kids being sick. Um, the list could go on and on. You know, trouble, it's there. But there's one thing that I have experienced in the midst 
of the trouble that is happening that you can expect as well. And that is that God's grace will help you through whatever you're going through as you turn to him. Our sin has separated us from God. And God's perfect. He's without any blemish. And so when we chose to go our own way, that creates just this huge gap between us and God. But God made a way to bridge that gap because we couldn't, break, we couldn't bridge it ourselves. When somebody's perfect and you're not, there's no way that you can get back to, to perfection. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life without any sin. And he died on the cross, having lived that perfect life. And when he died on the cross, it was a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. Jesus made a way for our relationship with God to be restored. And it's God's grace that we can have a relationship with him. And we see this in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one, no one may boast. It's God's grace that was able to save us from our sins. Not anything that we've done or we, we've tried to be good and, and that's what saved us. It was by his grace alone. And our relationship with God is restored when we come to a point where we admit that we're a sinner separated from God. And we believe that Jesus was God's son, that he lived a perfect life, and that he died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. And you confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. That means you, make, you, you turn your life over to God. You let him call the shots in your life. And it's through this relationship with God that you can find his grace is sufficient for any situation that you face. Take a look at Philippians 4, 12, and 13 with me here. The person who wrote this book of the Bible, his name was Paul. And Paul was an early church planner who came to Christ, who became a Christ follower as an adult while he was actually persecuting Christ followers. So take a look at, at what he says here. He says, I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Here Paul is saying that God will give you the strength that you need if you turn to him and trust in him with the situations that you're facing. God will be the strength for you. As I look back on this last year and, and just the different trouble that we faced, one of the things that I can see is that God just, he, he gave me strength when I needed it at certain times, and particularly with my back. He really helped my back to be well enough in times that I need it, needed it. Uh, Church in the Valley, we moved from Diamond Bar to Ontario in, in uh, April of this year, or in March, of the end of March this year. And here's a picture. Here's our last Sunday um, in Diamond Bar. And um, here's a picture of our first Sunday in Ontario. It might look familiar. It's the room we're in right now. Um, but the move was about 11 miles. But the work involved in making a Sunday happen was more than 11 miles difference. 
we went from this community center and they would set up things for us and have rooms ready. And um, now we're at a school where it's a blank slate, which has a lot of advantages to it. But that means we have to set everything up and tear everything down each week. But one of the things as I look back on the year was during the time of the move, God sustained my back for a good while while we were trying to figure out how to make things happen here. And then a couple months into the move, I was hurt again, and I I couldn't help as much. But he he gave me the strength through that. God also, his grace strengthened me through his people um, this year. Uh, There was a particularly bad Sunday uh, or weekend in September where my wife Gina was was down for the count, and we also had my niece and nephew uh, with us that week. And so... I, I had six kids, seven and under, for a couple days on my own with just consult, consultations from my wife on how to keep everybody alive. So I was very, uh, I was pleased with myself when everybody was alive and I passed them off on Saturday. And uh, I got to Sunday morning and I got the kids all ready, we're ready to go to church and I realized I'm going to work. And I have four kids with me. My wife's not able to help. This is gonna. This isn't gonna work. And so I just pr- I cried out to God. I didn't even know what help I need. I said, God, please just send me the help I need. I don't know what I need. I just know this isn't gonna work out very well. And very soon after I prayed and asked God for help, a text message came through. And it said, Hey, Dad, you know, sorry, I thought of this last minute, apologizing for helping me. Um, that's, that's kind. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just texted Gina to see if I could help, you know, cover anything for her. She said to check with you and Carlene. Carlene runs our kid zone and Gina serves there. Um, anyway, she said, Brad and I are both off I'm praying for, for Gina. Let us know how we can help. I said, yes, you can help. Please come in like 15 minutes and get my kids <laughs> if you can make it. Um, and, and she could. And they, they came. They helped with the kids. I was able to do my job that morning. God loves us. He will help us get through whatever we're going if we just turn to him and trust in him. It doesn't mean that life's just going to be easy and it's just all going to fall into place. That's not what that means. But in the midst of hard things, if we turn to him, God will help us to get through it. Another expectation for this year is just that your plans are going to change. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way but the Lord establishes his steps. What this means is we can make these grand plans, but it's God who's going to determine if they happen the way that we think they're going to happen. I want to share with you some plans that we had for Church in the Valley in 2018 and then what actually happened um, here. And in uh, Church in the Valley, one of the plans that we had was to go through a vision frame process for our church where we would work on our mission, our values, our strategy, and our measures for the church. It was a seven-month process. I was flying back to Texas each month and then coming back here, leading a small group of people to do that. Another plan we had was find a new pastor for Church in the Valley, Alhambra. Um, We were uh, getting ready. The campus pastor, Church in the Valley, Alhambra, was going to start a church in North Fontana, and so we needed a pastor Uh, for the Alhambra campus. And then um, we needed to establish and send a launch team to start that church in North Fontana. So those were three pretty big initiatives. We thought this is going to be a full year 
here at Church in the Valley in 2018. And then what really happened in 2018, we completed the vision frame process um, here. We found a new pastor for Church in the Valley in Alhambra. But something happened in January that just completely threw a wrench in, in all the plans, uh, or not a wrench, but just added um, to all that we had going on. And that's we got we contacted the school here to see if we could meet here on Sundays. And they had said no before, but something changed, and they said yes this time. So we thought, okay, it's go time. Now we're moving from Diamond Bar uh, to Ontario. And then uh, we thought, hey, since we're doing that, let's just move our offices as well. And so we moved our offices uh, from Chino to Ontario. And then what's happened over the last year, over 10, 10 families have moved, um, either from Diamond Bar or surrounding areas to here or just around. There's been a big shuffle of where people are living. Um, and then we established and sent the launch team to start Ridgeview uh, church, which is really fun um, to to do that. One of the launch team members was our full-time administrative assistant, um, so that was a big transition um, on staff. And then our secretary that we had for, or that we've had for since 1991, she's retired at the end of 2018. So it's just been a year of transitions and all these things going on. We made our plans, but in January, when the school said you can move here, a lot changed. A lot had to happen. God determined our steps. And that happens in our personal lives all the time as well. When our plans change, we have a couple of different options that we can choose. One, we can just grab onto them tighter. We can grab onto those plans and make them happen, no matter what is going on around us. Or we can choose to trust God to work out whatever he's doing for our good. And lean into him and the opportunities that are coming from the plans that are changing. And as you trust God to take care of you in the middle of these changing plans, you can find that you can expect that God's going to take care of your needs as you seek first his kingdom. Jesus is talking in Matthew 6. He's telling people um, that they don't need to be anxious because God will provide for them. And he summarizes all that he's talking about in Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The things he's talking about, that's the necessities of life. God has already taken care of our deepest need, our, the spiritual need of a relationship with God that was broken. He's already taken care of that through his son, Jesus Christ. But he's saying, as you seek my kingdom, as you seek the things of God, living your life in line with God's word, he's going to take care of you, the physical necessities of life as well. Then another thing that you can expect from 2019 is that the church community will encourage you. If you really plug into the church here at Church in the Valley, you get to know people, get involved in a group, or serve on a Sunday service team. As you really plug in and get to know people and let them Know what's going on in your life. It'll be a tremendous encouragement to you. Take a look at Hebrews 3.13. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouragement, it's not just some fluffy words to try and make people feel better about themselves or about what's going on. Encouragement is when someone uses 
their words to really call you to, to live your life rightly. They, they give you courage to do what's right in your life. It might be a kind word somebody says to you to encourage you to live your life a certain way. It, but it might also be somebody just saying, you know what, you need to suck it up and, and work hard here and, and make this happen. Or it might be a warning. Hey, you're heading down the wrong path here. Or it might just be somebody saying, keep pressing on, keep moving forward. I know there's a lot of hard things going on. You can, you can do it with God's help. Can't imagine doing life without the encouragement that I've received from the church community um, this year. I've received just countless texts, phone calls of people just encouraging um, me, encouraging our, our family, just as things have, have gone on and there's been trouble. Um, we, one time this year when we had the stomach bug going around our house, my son Jeremy's birthday party got canceled two or three times. I can't remember because, oh, we're all better. Okay, we scheduled it again, and then, oh, we can't have it. So he was really good about that, but it, it was a bummer <laughs> to keep canceling um, the the party. Um, and so one one day when we had to cancel the party again, um, our friends, the Sprinkles, brought us some soup, some crackers, a coffee gift card, and they brought us a sign that, that was just in, to encourage us to keep going, to keep moving forward, um, even though we keep getting sick. Also to, to tell Jeremy happy birthday um, because his party got canceled again. It was really encouraging to have that. And that's what happens all the time around here at Church in the Valley. People will encourage you as they know of things that are going on in your life. They'll be a real encouragement to you. And then uh, another thing that you'll find that you can expect from 2019 is that God will work through you as you submit to him. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In this passage of scripture, we see that God chooses to work through his people, his followers, to help others to come to know about Christ. And we can expect God to do that as we put his kingdom first, as we follow God. He's going to be working in our lives. He's going to be working in the lives of people around us. That's really been a great joy for me this last year, is seeing God work in the midst of all the trouble that has been going on the unexpected things that come up the good the bad but in the middle of all of it god's been at work and we showed a video of some of just the highlights that have happened this fall here at church in the valley at our christmas service and i want to show it again um, just so you can see how god has worked through civ this last year so take a look at this video
in the middle of all that can go on during a given year, God is at work. He's at work in your life. He's at work in the lives of the people around you. See, when we go to answer the question of of what our definition of a good year is, it's easy to focus on circumstances that we think are going to give us a good year, that we think are going to, to bring about the best year possible. But it's not the circumstances in our life that's going to give us a good 2019. Some years are going to be great circumstances. Others are going to be more difficult. A lot of times it's just a mixed bag of a year. But a good year comes as you press on in your relationship with God. Take a look at Philippians 3.14. It says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In this verse, you get the idea that, that someone's going really hard after a goal. They're, they're just pursuing something as hard as they can. They're pursuing God relentlessly. And that's what can bring a good year in 2019. Because as we press on with God, we will find that his grace will get us through whatever circumstances we face. We'll find that we can see opportunities in our changing plans as we pursue a relationship with God. He will take care of our needs. He'll bring encouragement when we need it. And through it all, God will be working to change our life and people around us. You might be here today and you're just checking out Church in the Valley and what it really means to have a relationship with God. And if that's where you're at, that's great. But I want to encourage you, take a next step in your relationship with God. Reach out to someone here at Church in the Valley. If there's somebody you know you can talk to, ask them about their relationship with God. Or if you'd like to talk with somebody on staff here at Church in the Valley, you can mark a box on the back of your connection card that we were talking about earlier that you'd like to meet up with someone to clarify your relationship with Christ. Figuring out... If you're going to be a Christ follower or not, has eternal implications for your life. So I implore you to figure it out this year. Make that one of your goals for 2019. If you are a Christ follower here with us today, I want to encourage you, keep pressing on into 2019. Take a next step. Maybe you want to memorize Philippians 3:14 that we just read. Choose faith in God when trouble comes. Dive into the community more and more here at Church in the Valley. It'll be a tremendous encouragement to you. Be God's ambassadors, helping to reconcile those who don't yet know Christ to come to know him. It's as we focus on pressing on in our relationship with God that any year can be used for good regardless of the circumstances that we face. Now, each week here at Church in the Valley, we highlight some next steps that you might want to take. I just gave a couple next steps that we talked about, but I'd like you to pull out your connection card, take a look at the back. There might be a a next step that you want to mark on there. Um, Take a look at that. Also, just finish filling out any information on that card that you might um, want to finish filling out this morning. There's a couple next steps on there. The first is um, one I just mentioned, to meet up, to talk to someone about beginning a relationship with Christ. Next one, memorize Philippians 3.14 that we just looked at. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Then another next step might be to join a Sunday service team here at Church in the Valley. I'd like to encourage you. Um, If you're here this morning, you're not on a Sunday service team, I'd 
encourage you to join one. It's as you get on a team and you're working with people, you can get to know people a lot better here at Church and Valley as you do as you're working alongside each other week in and week out. And by being on a team here, you're a part of, of what God's doing in the lives of people here as he's changing people's lives. So if you want to mark that box, you'd like to join a, a Sunday service team, I'll send you a survey this, this um, week that will have uh, just some options for different teams that you might want to join. Our operations team sets up and tears down here um, Sunday mornings. Our parking team's there to greet you as you come in, help you find a spot. Um, and then our hospitality team are three of the teams that you might want to join um, here at Church in the Valley. Let's pray as we continue to worship the Lord. God, we just thank you um, so much for your guidance and what we can expect for the year to come and just that we can trust you with whatever's going on in our lives and that, that you'll help us to get through it. And we just thank you um, so much that you care about us so much and that you love us. You sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Just help us each to, to take the, our next step with you this morning. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.